As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. Obsess with whatever niche you pick and in your market, find out what the void is. And when you find that void, reverse engineer it and then go after and attack it. Before we get into today's episode, I want to mention today's best ever partner and give you a free gift. And that partner is Fund That Flip. And they're going to be giving you a free deal analysis spreadsheet. You know who Fund That Flip is, don't you? Because you're a loyal best ever listener. They've been a sponsor on the show. Matt Rodak, the founder of Fund That Flip, has been on the podcast multiple times giving us his insight on the online lending process. Fund That Flip provides fast, reliable funding for your house flip projects. They're an online platform, makes the application process entirely easy, and they've got a whole bunch of experts on their team who can help you get funding in 24 hours and close within as few as seven days. And all of you best ever listeners, you're getting a free spreadsheet to help you analyze your projects. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. That's fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. And you'll get a free deal analysis tool. It'll help you provide a scope of work for your projects, create the scope of work, analyze the profitability of the project, or if it's not profitable, you need to know that too, and make a determination on the max purchase price super important. You can print out all the detailed reports and that will help you get your deals funded faster. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Get that free analysis tool, fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate podcast and we don't get into any fluff. We only talk about the best advice that moves your real estate investing business forward. With us today, we have someone who is a full-time wholesaler as well as doing buy and holds. And he's also a private pilot on the side. How you doing, Max Maxwell? How you doing, Joe? Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Looking forward to learning more about you and your business and the insights that you've come across along the way. Max is, as I mentioned, he's a full-time wholesaler. His company, Cash Homes Triad, is a real estate solutions company. They started in 2006. Did really well for a couple years, and then the crash happened, dot, 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 and now he is focused on, as I mentioned, doing flips, buying holds, as well as he is a private pilot on the side. He served four years in the U.S. Air Force. Thank you for your service, 
and he's based in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. So with that being said, Max, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Yeah, sure. Like you said, Joe, I was in the Air Force for four years, and uh, during year three, I came home for an extended break, and I got my real estate license in a matter of a crunch class. So that was like in 2004, and well, when I got done a year later, I was doing traditional real estate for about nine months for one of the big companies here in North Carolina. And after driving people around on Sundays to try to find their perfect house, which doesn't, <laughs> doesn't exist, yeah. you know, I kind of decided, you know what, I'm going to start my own company because I went ahead back to back and got my broker's license, which was, I think, the last time you could actually do that in North Carolina. Now there's a two-year seasoning period. So I started my own property management and investment company and I got most of my business from one guy and I looked up one day and that's a whole nother story. But a guy named Kevin gave me a $13.5 million portfolio to manage and I was rock and rolling. The best thing that ever happened, it fell in my lap and then boom, the market crashed. But before it crashed, he's seen it coming somehow, some way he had a magic ball or something in he started selling off his properties pretty well. So I was able to do pretty well. And being young, that money didn't last too long. But here I am now, actually like three months ago, three, four months ago, started back up doing wholesaling, which is kind of a void that needed to be filled in our market here in North Carolina. Wow. Lots of questions for you based on what you said. We've got to go back to you were just starting out and then boom, you had a client of yours who handed you a $13.5 million portfolio to manage. Tell us that story. How'd you get involved? And I also want to know, you said you did pretty well. How did you make money when he was selling since you were managing the properties? So I kind of lucked up and I had a friend that was a mortgage broker and one of his good friends probably been in North Carolina two or three times, but found out it was a great place to invest. He had multifamily units, single family units, and he was with one of the bigger property management companies here and they didn't do him good service. I guess he was tired of so many vacants and the communication line wasn't well. So his friend was like, look, I got a buddy right in front of me right now that he just does property management. And here I am, my company's probably about a week old. <laughs> um, and he's, he gets my email, he sends me a spreadsheet. And next thing you know, I'm like, yeah, I'll do it, 7%. And boom, we were rocking and rolling. And I was just young and dumb, stupid enough to accept it. And it lasted well for a while. And uh, he was pretty simple. He would call me and say, listen, I got $30,000 this month and I want X amount of return on my money. Find that property. He didn't care what it looked like, what it did. He just wanted a renter in it. It didn't care what it was. And I was able to do that and find it for him. If it was something that was on the MLS, I would make my commission. And if I stayed under budget, I can get a bonus from him as well. So it was pretty good. You mentioned you were stupid enough to accept it. Will you elaborate on that? Well, I mean, here I am. I am at that time now because I went into military at 17. So I'm like 21, 22. And I was dumb enough to think that I could manage a $13.5 million portfolio with almost little to none management experience. And I did it and I learned on the fly. And it worked out well. I didn't think he really noticed any difference from me to one of the top companies here in our market. How many units is that? Wow, I can't remember. A lot of roughly. I would say about 140, 50. A lot of it was multifamily unit apartment buildings with 40 doors 
sometimes. That was the largest one he had. I think it was 40 doors he had in an apartment building. So you were managing about 150 doors. You had no management... (laughs) No man, I can't even say it with a straight face. You had no management experience, and it was broken up at most with 40 units was the largest, and then it was scattered. How did you build your team out? At the bigger units, I hired somebody full-time, property manager, or kind of people I knew that can just do secretarial work. So the larger properties were manned on site, and I was able to offer them discounted housing, sometimes free. So it worked out in our favor and and just taking advantage of technology at that time. Your average age of your real estate agent was, I think, 50 plus at that time. So they had no idea about certain little things. And I can't really pinpoint it right now, but I was taking advantage of using technology to find tenants and and working with people that, because most property management companies have a set person they would use to fix a plumbing or do drywall. Well, I went and found the small guys that would do it for a fraction of the cost. So I was able to save him money and make me some on going the way there. Hmm. You did that for a while. What happened to your relationship with Kevin? I think he doesn't probably don't own anything in North Carolina now, but he sold most of his stuff. And after the market kind of went down, I moved to California. So I kind of just went away from the area, got out of real estate altogether. Oh, wow. You totally took off. Why'd you move to California? I just wanted something fresh. had a little money in my pocket and wanted to try something new. And I got into marketing at that point and just kind of rolled with that for a long time up until December of 2014. That's pretty much where I am now. And I started wholesaling four months ago. What were you doing to make money from December of 2014 to up to four months ago? I had an Amazon account, so I would sell stuff on Amazon, go to like local auctions and buy things and sell it on Amazon, a little bit of eBay. And I started a technology company where I was able to pay myself a little bit of salary for while we were building the app. So just whatever it took to make it work. I'm a single guy, no kids, no wife. So I didn't need a lot of money. Any lesson you learned from that process to what you're applying now with your wholesaling company? You know, do whatever it takes. Become obsessed with the niche that you decide to pick. So whatever it is in wholesaling, like I love probates. So I want to become a probate expert in my market so that I can answer anything that an attorney can answer and all the options that a person have. And reverse engineering, I learned reverse engineer the problem or find out your best deal in your market. A deal yourself or another investor say, what's the best deal you ever had? Explain it to me in detail. And then find out what list these people would be on, what life events happened to trigger the sale, and attack that. Go right after that reverse engineering and just make it your baby. Tell us about the last deal you did. I just closed on a property yesterday at 2 o'clock. I met with this lady about a week ago, and she called me from this SEO. So she just, I guess, Googled us. And Friday, we agreed on a price. Saturday, she signed the contract. Saturday night, I emailed out my buyer's list. Sunday morning before football started, I showed the property, got a handshake deal. And Sunday evening, I got it on a contract and we just closed Tuesday. So she wanted a quick, quick close and I was able to get an awesome price. What are the numbers on it? I got it under contract for 45000 and I quickly wholesaled it for 55000 and we were able to close in two business days. 
the person or the group that purchased it, do you know what type of numbers they're running and what they're expecting to get with the property? Yes. With my experience in real estate and knowing how to run comps, I'm pretty solid when it comes to what it would end up in the retail. So they're going to sell it. They're looking at uh, about 15000 in upfit, which is mainly cosmetics. And somebody stole the air conditioner unit on the outside, but mainly cosmetics. And they're looking to put it on the market for 110 to 115 all in 30 days. Those are good numbers if they pencil out, that's for sure. Yeah, the tax value on the house is 110. So I got the property at less than 50% of the tax value, which here in North Carolina, tax value is always 90% less than what the market value is. How'd that conversation go when you first received the correspondence? And was it, you said SEO, so was it a message that she sent you? Actually, she picked up the phone and called me. And I always answer my phones. I never let it go to voicemail because it takes a lot of guts for somebody to pick up the phone and call you. And most of the time on the other line, you're about to hear a problem. So you got to be a good listener. And it was a medical situation and she needed to sell fast. And just looking at the tax value and I was out to the property within two hours and I was going to offer 55,000 and she stated that she needed to close like fast, like seven days, like tomorrow is what she really wanted to close. And I said, uh, necessary doesn't happen that fast. We're going to have to do a title search and those things. But eventually I offered her 45,000. It took three days worth of negotiation. So I didn't get like a solid, the first day I went to go see it, I didn't get that offer accepted. But after a while I found out that she was asking for $5,000 earnest money. And it's kind of unsafe in our business to go directly to the seller. But I said, how about I just close so quick that I just give you the whole 45? And she loved it. And I solved her problem, which is she needed cash right then and there. And I was able to put together a solution for her to get what she wanted. I got what I wanted. And the end buyer got exactly what they wanted as well. How many people do you have on your buyers list? Just from running a website, I have about 60 to 70 buyers. Honestly, I probably market to about 10 of them just because most people are not trigger pullers when it comes to buying a property. Mm -hmm. From those 10 people, and we obviously won't go into each of the 10, but just maybe let's pick the buyer that actually purchased this. Would you consider that person one of those 10? Absolutely. When he seen the property on Sunday and he was like, how fast you want to close? I said, quick as possible. He said, what about Tuesday? I said, what? He said, Tuesday. I said, you know, that's 48 hours. That's 48 business hours. We close in less than 48 business hours. And that's a trigger puller. Those are the people you need on your side. So how did you come across him? I have a virtual assistant that posts a lot on Craigslist. So we post, I guess they call them blind ads or ghost ads, people looking for property. And I, I use Investor Carrot for my website just because I don't want to do all the SEO that they already have built in. And he was on my list and he was more of an aggressive person that would call in to check up and see, what do you got? What do you got? I'm looking for my next deal. And when I sent it to him, he actually reached out that night. And the next morning I contacted him at, I think, 830 in the morning on a Sunday. And we were at the property by 1130. Will you explain a little bit more about the ghost ad that you mentioned? Basically, it's an ad that says, want properties 50% below market value. Are you looking for 
handyman special properties. And then it's a link. You copy a link to your website, which looks professional. And then to get access to the actual properties, they have to give you certain information such as their email address and phone number and name, which they should want to be on the list anyways, if that's the business they're in. And then you keep that listing and you put it into your email group when you send out properties. And to the best of your recollection, this person came from one of those ads? Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Would you say out of the 10, the majority of them came from one of those ghost ads? Yeah, a hundred percent. Cause like I said, I've just been doing this for three to four months. So I haven't been to any RIA meetings. I haven't been to any tax cash sales to try to find buyers. It's been all through looking on Craigslist and SEO to the website. You know, it used to be a lot easier for investors. They used to find deals on the MLS and they're not existing anymore. Banks are not taking the offers that they used to take on properties that they own. So when I noticed that, I noticed that there was a void to be filled in my market. And that's what I came here to do because just being the in-between person and doing all the marketing and setting up the system so you get the calls is valuable to the investor that is a flipper or a person that's a buy and hold. You mentioned you have a virtual assistant. Mm-hmm. What service did you hire him or her through? I use Upwork to find that person. How much do you pay them? 450 an hour. And I usually give them a bonus, probably 300 bucks. And that's a lot of money to them. Is the bonus contingent on anything, any performance? As long as they do exactly what I tell them to do, we're making 20000 a month wholesaling right now for the last three months consecutive. So to reward somebody that does exactly what you ask them to do, from what I've understand, finding a virtual assistant is hard. I was just able to look up and find one the first time that worked out well. Where are they based? This person is in Vietnam, to be honest. Okay. How did you initially bring them on board to train them on what you wanted them to do? We did the interview process pretty much on Upwork, and I looked at their qualifications. I created YouTube videos on exactly how I was doing it the first month myself. So creating the YouTube videos by recording my screen and showing them how to input data into the Excel sheet and how I want it, I sent them a template of Craigslist ads that I want them to use, the times that I want them to post it, And they followed the YouTube videos verbatim, and it allows them to do exactly what I asked them to do and what I like them to be done. Do you remember what type of software you use for that recording? I use, I think it's called Screencast. Yep. Okay. Cool. And and I spent 100 bucks on it one time, and I've got the lifetime license, so whenever they update it, I can update it as well. What is your best real estate investing advice ever? Obsess with whatever niche you pick. And in your market, find out what the void is. And when you find that void, reverse engineer it and then go after and attack it. There's many nights that I have to force myself to go to sleep because I am obsessed with wholesaling. And I mainly focus on probates in my market because after doing probates for a while, I found out that nobody else in my market is doing probates. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Sure. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Remember to get your free deal analysis tool for your flips at fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. That's F-U-N-D-T-H-A-T-F-L-I-P.com forward slash best ever. It will detail your scope of work, 
help you analyze if the project's profitable and make a determination on the max purchase price. Fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Are you ready to transition your investing from a hobby into a business that has consistent deal flow? The Investor Success Mastermind and Coaching Program can help you accelerate your growth. Find out more at InvestorSuccessMastermind.com. That's InvestorSuccessMastermind.com. What's the best ever book you've read? Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Best ever personal growth experience. What'd you learn from it? I would say my last deal that I explained to you earlier was kind of a good growth experience for me. It allowed me to listen more and find the actual problem that I needed to solve for the seller. Don't become a real estate investor. Become a problem solver. Best ever deal you've done? Um, I found a probate deal while driving for dollars, and I got the house under contract for 40000 I advertised it for sixty-five, and I end up letting it go for fifty-four thousand. So I netted fourteen thousand on that deal in four days. What's the best ever way you like to give back? I like to empower people. I'm on the Facebook groups a lot, and I see a lot of people asking questions that don't have the knowledge of where I was, can even say six months ago about wholesaling. So I try to let them see the greatness within their self and that anything they set their mind to, they can do it. What's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate so far? That worst mistake I ever made was on that deal where I said the best deal ever. I made 14000 on it and I accepted the first offer. But four hours later, I got a full price offer at 65. So I sold it for 54. I could have got 65. So I would say hear more than one offer, but don't take too long to actually take the offer. And what's the best place the best ever listeners can reach you? You can find me on any social media outlet. My handle on most of them is the real Maxwell, or you can email me at max at cashhomestriad.com. Cool. And your website's cashhomestriad.com. Max, thank you for being on the show, talking about how you got going, just baptism by fire with a $13.5 million portfolio that you managed, 150 units right out of the gate to what you're doing now, wholesaling, telling us some stories about the last deal you did, as well as your best ever deal, the mistakes that you made along the way, how you work with virtual assistants and everything in between. So thanks so much for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Joe. Are you ready to transition your investing from a hobby into a business that has consistent deal flow? The Investor Success Mastermind and Coaching Program can help you accelerate your growth. Find out more at InvestorSuccessMastermind.com. That's InvestorSuccessMastermind.com.